just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Monday, and uh, like every other week, we can count on some crazy things happening. Now, we have at least a couple of things planned that are going to happen this week, and they are going to be of interest. We'll talk about them shortly. But, of course, in this day and age, there's bound to be some surprises throughout the week, things we never thought about that will crop up. The next couple of weeks, week and a half or so, are going to be fucking nuts because of the midterms. And I got to be honest with you, I'm all about politics. I'm interested. I'm about the elections. I'm interested in that. But I am about fucking had it now with politics and the midterms. People are running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to do anything and everything to get one extra vote here and there. And I'm of a mind right now that there isn't much you can do now to the election to change things. What's going to happen is going to happen. We hope for the best. We expect the best, but the worst could happen. And either way, we'll survive after it's all over. We'll just have to figure out what to do next. If the Democrats win in the midterms, it should be an easier choice. If the Democrats lose, well, then we're going to have to uh, knuckle up and get ready to fight more for the next couple of years. But people are just going fucking nuts about this shit everywhere you turn. And as I mentioned in the podcast yesterday, what concerns me about this is the possibility of violence ramping up. As I've said before, I don't see groups of people or Oath Keepers or Proud Boys coming out and attacking anything, but we do have the crazy ones that will crop up and do some unbelievable shit. Guys like the guy who uh, attacked Paul Pelosi in Nancy Pelosi's house. Now, here's what's frustrating me. This guy is clearly a Trumplefuck. He's posted things on uh, social media. He's done things, he's said things that identify him as a Trumplefuck, a fascist, even a Nazi to a certain extent. So that's a given. That can be proven. But the Republicans are so afraid of how bad this looks for them, and it does look bad for them. Um, that they're, they're, they're making up crazy bullshit. Oh, it was a gay lover. There were three guys there. He was a friend. You know, all of this is bullshit. Regardless of the circumstances, I'm sorry if you've got a guy who supports Trump and he hits another guy on the head with a hammer. That's a fucking problem. Did they know each other? Did they not know each other? Who fucking cares? If somebody you knew walked up to you and pounded you on the head with a hammer, wouldn't you expect this guy would get arrested? Wouldn't you denounce what this guy did? I mean, it's almost like the Republicans are trying to justify this shit. They're doing the very same thing they did with the January 6th situation. First, they tried to blame it on Antifa. Then they said it was peaceful. Then they said it was their right. And then they say the election was stolen, so we had to do it to save the country. That's what these fucks do. 
they make they take horrible actions damaging actions to this country and to individuals and then they try to justify it and this is something you see out of this type of people, mostly narcissists. And I can't honestly say that all Trump fucks are narcissists because I don't think that's the case. I don't think these people have the uh, mental capacity to be a narcissist because you got to have some wiles about you to be a narcissist. Now, Donald Trump is probably one of the dumbest narcissists I've ever seen, but he's got enough where he can play it off and he's got enough people around him to help him play it off. But... But this is, this is always what they do. They divert, distract, delay, and then, and then they spin everything. It doesn't make a difference. I mean, we saw it with the top secret documents. He clearly stole the top secret documents. Clearly, by law, he's not supposed to have these documents. So instead of saying, oops, I fucked up, he says, oh, I declassified them all. But he won't say it in court because he didn't declassify them all. These people will pull anything out of their ass to change the narrative on anything. And for whatever reason, they're very scared about this Paul Pelosi thing uh, because they are, I'm sure they're concerned that it makes them look like um, crazy, violent fucks. Well, that's funny. That's what they are. So it's well-earned reputation. And the Paul Pelosi situation is a perfect example of the kind of people we're dealing with. But for six years, we've been hearing just absolute bullshit coming out of people's mouth on every level, whether it be the Mueller report, whether it, whatever it be, flat out lies. And what troubles me is the media, as I've told you before, never presses them. Put somebody in the corner and say, really, this happened? Tell me how you know. Give me the evidence. Let me talk to the witnesses. And they've got nothing because they just pull shit out of the air. Donald Trump's strategy and all these Trump LaFuck strategy is to lie and keep telling the lie until everybody or a lot of people believe it. That's what they do. And the people that believe it don't even fucking catch on. They're just oblivious. They just listen to everything. You see, part of this is, is that these people know they're lying, but they feel like they're doing this even though they know they're lying for the greater good. Because if I don't lie and I don't do everything to take down the Democrats, we lose our country. I talked about this before. These next two weeks could get a little crazy. We're not going to see big attacks, but this Paul Pelosi situation may not be the last attack or attempted attack that we see between now and November 8th. After November 8th, if the Republicans lose, it could get a little hairy. Again, I don't see the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or any of these other fucks to go out in mass and make an attack because that would be suicide. That would absolutely be suicide. I don't think Joe Biden's going to fuck around with that. The National Guard will be there, and if they don't stand down and back up, they're going to run into big problems. So they're not going to do that. They're bullies. If they can't know for sure that they're going to win, they won't wade into it. 
But still, there's the dumbest of them, which is hard to imagine because they're all fucking dumb. But the dumbest of them will get all worked up believing whatever conspiracy theory and will try things like what we had with Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi. My point is that those people who are making up these ridiculous conspiracy theories, first of all, it's all bullshit. We don't believe anything you say. And why? Because you lie constantly. Why would I believe you now if everything you've said for the last six years has been a fucking lie? So first and foremost, we don't believe shit that comes out of your mouth. Secondly, even if it were true, how does that change the circumstance? We know who the guy was. We know who Paul Pelosi is. And we know what this Trump-a-fuck did to Paul Pelosi, who happens to be Nancy Pelosi's husband. Did he leave the door open? Did they know each other? Was there a third person? Doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Still, the Trump-a-fuck hit Paul Pelosi on the head multiple times with a hammer. You can't justify it under any fucking circumstance. If there's a Republican out there that wants to debate me on this issue, and I know there's not, I'd love to sit you down. Because you're talking bullshit. And Republicans that talk bullshit are my specialty. I would be happy to fucking straighten you out. Sorry, I'm getting a little worked up about this, but it just pisses me off. It's just this constant muck thrown into the narrative just to make it confusing and chaotic. People like you and me can figure this out. It doesn't mean anything, but there are people that maybe don't pay attention, don't understand, or aren't quite as quick as you and I are. And they're going to get sucked into this type of thing. Certainly the trump fuck base will do that. My concern is that there are other Republicans or even some Democrats that will fucking believe this. I mean, let's be honest. Anybody who listens to the Rational Boomer podcast, uh, in my mind, has to be pretty intelligent. Uh, and I'm not saying that for ego's sake. Somebody who can sit down for an hour and listen to the type of topics we talk about, You can't be dumb doing that. So none of us are going to be taken in. But we all know people that may be Republicans or may be Democrats that will believe anything they hear, depending on where they hear it from. Just very frustrated about this midterm thing. And this isn't new. I mean, every election is like this. I mean, fucking midterms are supposed to be less popular than the presidential elections, but we know the stakes here. We know that people are afraid. I'm tired of the fucking polls. I'm tired of the people screaming and yelling. I'm tired of the conspiracy theories. Let's just get this motherfucker done so we know what we have to do next. All right. We have one email. Let's get to it. Um, so this email says... Uh, You asked about interest in an extended video podcast format. Sure, go for it. Just remember, you are quasi-retired and you don't want to turn a passion into a task. Just to update you on on what that was about, um, I post the podcast on Anchor.fm, which is owned by Spotify, okay? Now, Spotify has a function that I, I keep getting hit up about where you can do a podcast, a video podcast, 
And, and that's interesting enough. For me, podcasts are a little different. You want to do it while you're driving, when you're running, when you're at work. You know, you don't want to have to watch it too. And let's be perfectly honest. If all you got to look at is my face, what's the fucking point? Why is that a thing? But, you know, with the idea of trying to expand what we're doing here and talk to more people, I've considered it. Um, Now, as far as what you say, I'm quasi-retired and don't want to turn a passion into a task. Yeah, I get that. Um, And and it's really not like that. Uh, You know, I think people are under the impression that I put hours and hours and hours and hours into doing what I do here, and I don't. And I'll tell you why. You know, the, the, the consuming of news and researching news is something I do off and on all day. I see a story, I look into it, I try to get the facts, and I do that. That doesn't take much during the day. My wife might be at work. I'm here for a few hours. It isn't hard to get that done. If I'm doing TikToks, three or four TikToks in realistic terms, long as I know what I'm talking about, it may be take an hour to do all of that. To do a podcast, even every night, I sit down, it's an hour podcast, I do the hour podcast, then afterwards, it takes me another 15 minutes to put it all together and get it posted. So I'm not putting tons of time in this. And that was part of the point of doing this stuff. I wanted to do it straight, I didn't want to do it fancy, I didn't want to do it like radio or television, I just wanted to say what I had to say and see what happened. Fortunately, it worked out pretty well so far. So while I'm doing the podcast at, say, midnight at night and during the day I'm doing three or four TikToks, my day's pretty well wide open. I'm pretty flexible. So for me to sit down, take a look at what I talked about in the TikToks, hit a button and do a 30-minute podcast, video podcast, maybe talking about one or two subjects more in depth, that's really not a big deal. It's not that hard. Um, I I realize it may be harder for other people doing podcasts and they put a lot of time into it. But you have to understand, I've been talking extemporaneously for my fucking whole life. So if I know what I want to talk about and I'm well versed in the topic, I can go for a half hour without even thinking about it. Trying to keep it cogent and trying to keep it uh, um, coherent. You know, that that makes it a little harder, but, but I can do that. I've done that all my life, so it's a it's a skill, it's a it's a muscle memory that I have, and that's that's not hard. So anyway, going too long here. And the email continues. On another note, I was listening to a recent episode from Friday uh, uh from from the past Friday. First on Ashley Babbitt's demise. What would have happened if she ran off the rails as she did, but at Mar-a-Lago? That's an excellent point, and that's something I brought up to Republicans before. Ashley Babbitt comes crashing in a window. They are screaming, we're going to kill Pelosi and Mike Pence, and she gets shot. Let's go the other way. Say you're a trump and you're sitting at home, and Antifa's outside. They're screaming that they're going to kill you. They break a window and tumble into your living room. Now, they're not armed, but what do you do? What does a Republican do? Well, they go to the under their fucking bed, grab their AR-15, and shoot this motherfucker. Same deal. 
Sorry, your arguments about Ashley Babbitt don't work. So you make a good point here. He goes on to say, secondly, I agree alternate fact statements must be substantiated. During the 2015 RNC and then presidential debates, Trump's inference and reference to some people, or I've heard it said, drove me nuts. I would yell at the TV, who, when, where? Yet all of my, I I don't know if I know how to pronounce this right, kvetching? To the interviewers resulted in null. In his mind, Trump thought it as clever way to avoid slander. However, it was the genesis of folks making vague statements, innuendo, and of course, alternate facts. You are right. The best way to stop BS is to call it out, step on it, and stop it, even if it means going low. Screw civility. Thank you. Well, you make a good point, and I've said it before. As much as Michelle Obama says, when they go low, you go high. Uh, if you can, if you can, but if you keep getting slapped in the face, at some point you got to get in the mud with them and fucking straighten this shit out. you got to understand these people aren't too bright. You speak intelligently to them, and clearly we know they can't comprehend it or don't accept it. But you know what they do accept? A slap in the snout. Being pushed back. Case in point, the two Trump fucks I had on the show. Now, I'm no hero for what I did to those two. Anybody with any intelligence and uh, an attitude where he doesn't give a fuck what he sounds like could do that. Anybody. Probably, you know, many of the guests I've had on this show probably could have done a better job with those people than I did. That's my point. That There is no substance to these people. And it, I had the same feeling you did when Donald Trump says, some people say, a lot of people say, I heard about this, is all bullshit. And if you're any kind of journalist at all, you press them. Some people, which people? Who are they? Stop them and say, you can't say that without telling me who you're talking about. Are we talking about, uh, are we talking about Trumplafux around a pig roast in fucking southern Alabama that are drunk off of fucking moonshine? Uh, is that the some people that said this? Because who said this has some bearing on its validity. validity. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But the, the media let that go and you gave them credibility that they don't deserve. You gave credibility to the uh, to the comments they made, and and there was no credibility to have be had. It was all bullshit. It was all uh, rhetoric. It was all ranting and raving and lies and bullshit. And our media let them go, and they let them go because essentially it's good TV. Everybody loves a good shit show or a train accident or a, or a car accident. Everybody stops to look. And frankly, that's all these media outlets want. People stopping and looking and consuming whatever bullshit they're trawling out. All right, we talked about some things that are happening this week. Again, we don't always know what's happening because it seems like we're surprised every fucking week. But here's one thing we do know. On Monday, 
in man in a Manhattan courtroom, Donald Trump's Trump organization will be put on trial for tax fraud with longtime chief financial officer Alan Weisselberg poised to be the key witness attempting to explain the company's shady business practices. Now, I'd already told you that this trial has started, and it has, but we'd just gone through the jury selection. Now we're getting into the trial starting today. So this is going to be interesting. Donald Trump is going to start getting pressure, and that likely set off the former president uh, Sunday morning, who raged against what he believes is the injustice of it all, as he took to Truth Social, as he does, and flipped out on prosecutors for putting him under the microscope just before the midterm election, despite he's not even on the ballot. Donald Trump will come up with every excuse, every claim he can possibly do. Oh, you're putting me on trial before the midterms. Remember what I told you about that. People wonder why Merrick Garland and Fonnie Willis are not indicting anybody prior to the midterms. For that very fucking reason. That's the first thing they'll come out and say, oh, you're cheating because it's before the midterms. So as much as it seems crazy to me, I understand why they're doing it, and they're doing it for this very reason. But again, Donald Trump is not on the fucking ballot, so that little unwritten rule does not apply to him. Um, NBC is reporting potential witnesses could include Donald Trump, his son's Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and his daughter, Ivanka Trump. Trump wrote a Democrat pushed fringe benefits case having to do with deductions on the use of a company car, a company apartment, and payments to a school for the education of a company's executive's grandchildren, Alan Weisselberg. That begins today. And then he says, that begins Monday, coincidentally, right before the big midterm elections. See what I'm saying? It's the first thing the Republicans do. It's the first thing Donald Trump does. So as much as we hate the delay, you understand why Merrick Garland, Fonnie Willis, and anybody else is holding off till after the midterms. That's another reason why I want these midterms open or, or over, because once they're over, then the shit is going to fly. And the people like Donald Trump, the people around Donald Trump are going to start paying prices, big prices. Now, Trump added, there has not been such a case criminal brought in the United States before. Handcuffs for executives and all. Democrat Peekaboo James is also happening just before the election. A no-no disgraceful. (laughs) I don't even know what that sentence meant. I don't know what it says. And he keeps calling Letitia James Peekaboo James. Why is he doing that? Somebody um, wrote in and thought it was a kind of sideways racial slur. And I suppose that could be. It wouldn't surprise me. 
Donald Trump trying to ramp up the racist. That's that's not at all fucking surprising. I don't know why he does it. He has nicknames for everybody he deals with. But we have nicknames for Donald Trump. Dine, uh, diaper Donnie, dipshit Donnie, dumb shit Donnie. Um, Donnie the loser, because he's a loser. He's a fucking loser. Now, in a separate post, he complained in his usual low-key manner. The witch hunt continues, and after six years and millions of pages of documents, they've got nothing. (laughs) If I had what Hunter and Joe had, it would be the electric chair. Our country is rigged, crooked, and evil, and we must bring it back and fast. Next stop, communism. Ah, you ever want the definition of rhetoric? Bullshit, lying rhetoric? That's it. I've said this to other Trumplifucks. We keep hearing about Hunter's laptop. It's kind of sad when you think about it. That's all they've got? Joe's been in office two years. Donald Trump was in four years with all the Democrats. And the worst thing he's got is Hunter Biden's laptop. And then I always ask him, I say, well, explain to me this. You tell me that everything in Hunter Biden's laptop is there shattering. It's going to expose everything. The FBI has had this for at least two years, maybe three years. And this was Donald Trump's FBI. They've had this laptop. How come nothing has been brought out? No indictments from that laptop. Now, on the other side of the coin, you're trying to compare it to all the things you didn't do. We know you stole, uh, we know that you stole top secret documents because there's fucking pictures of it in your fucking home. We know that you made an illegal call to Georgia uh, Secretary of State Raffensperger because there's a fucking recording. And now we're finding out there's recordings of the calls that uh, Lindsey Graham made. Giuliani went down there. Mark Meadows went down there. You really want to compare the shit that you've done, Donald Trump, to a fucking laptop by Hunter Biden? I don't care what's on there. Why hasn't it been exposed? Why is there no indictments? Why is there all kinds of indictments and and uh, such for the people you dealt with? We're only waiting till after the midterms for Donald Trump himself to get fucking indicted. It's actually pretty pitiful when you think about it. Donald Trump is a joke. And the fact that so many people can't see it is troubling to me. How is it they can't see it? You know, I think I think a lot of these people understand that Donald Trump lies. They understand that everything he's saying is inflammatory. They're lies and they're disgusting. But I honestly believe that some people think that, yeah, we'll put up with that for the greater good, meaning saving this country from Democrats. That's what they have in their mind. So they're more than willing to get on board. And I'm talking religious leaders. I'm talking Trump LaFucks. I'm talking political leaders, leaders currently in Congress. They know better. They've seen the facts. 
but they want to ride with Donald Trump at this point because they feel it's going to get them votes and money. Now, in a couple of the other podcasts, I've said this midterm thing is going to be a turning point for a lot of things. Depending on who wins in the midterms, that's going to change a lot of things. If the Republicans win, it's going to be tougher, no question. The world is not going to end, but it's going to be tougher. If the Democrats win, it's going to be easier, and maybe we get some things done. But those midterms are going to also trigger more investigations, more indictments, more trials. People that they're trying to protect prior to the elections will now be exposed and there will be nothing. There will be nothing to protect them. Now, it's often been said that Donald Trump will announce that he's running for president right after the midterms. And if he's going to make that announcement, And I'm not sure he is, but if he's going to make that announcement, he will do it after the midterms for one reason. And it's the same reason I talked about earlier in the podcast. He said, I can't believe they're taking me to trial in New York before the midterms. That makes no sense in that circumstance. The midterms has nothing to do with the trial in New York and Donald Trump because he's not on the ballot. But you can see what he's going to do here. He's going to announce he's going to run for the midterms. And then he's going to complain. Oh, you can't do anything to me because I'm running for president. You can't do anything to me because I'm running for president. Sorry, Donnie, that's not going to work. You can maybe try to use that complaint. You can try to use that excuse. It's not going to work. First of all, even if you announce you're running for president, nobody has said that you're even the fucking candidate. Nobody. And I'll guarantee you the Republicans are not going to allow him to be the candidate, even if he is able to run. And when I say able to run, it's either his physical condition, because I don't think he's going to do well over the next couple of years with the pressures of court and trials and indictments hanging over his head. I mean, you can only eat so many fucking McDonald's Big Macs and stay healthy when you're 74 years old and overweight. But beyond that, if they get him for anything, like, say, the Presidential Records Act, which is pretty small, well, then the law states you can't run for office. And I think first and foremost, anybody going after him for an indictment That will be the first thing that they're looking for. Take him out of the narrative. Make sure he can't run. That is probably the greatest fear that most people have right now, and I'm not sure why because I don't think there's any chance of him running or being the candidate or being able to do it. Uh, But that's the biggest fear. And the moment they can shut that down, that's going to help a lot of people calm down. And, of course, if... If they do that, then that takes away the possible excuse Donald Trump has. Well, you can't indict me because I'm running for president. Again, that's not going to stop Merrick Garland. He's not going to sit back and wait till the 2024 election. That just is not going to happen. So we'll see what happens. But as I said, starting out this podcast, I'm getting tired of waiting. We need this fucker done so we can know what to do. For better or worse, it's better to have it over so we know what we can do.
Seems like everything is on hold while we wait for this fucking election. We're um, Halloween, October 31st. So we're just over a week away from this election. Let's get this motherfucker done. Let's get this motherfucker done now. All right. We are going to take a break and we will be right back. I think you know how I feel about polls. I don't have a lot of confidence in polls. As I've said before, in 2016, the polls told us that Hillary Clinton was going to beat Donald Trump, and clearly they were wrong. They're wrong frequently. And part of it is I think that uh, the polls, the way they're taken, is a little tainted. I mean, it all depends on who you're polling as to what you're going to get for answers. And I saw this story. The two major sources of the political rankings include Real Clear Politics and 538, both of whom average out public polls done for campaigns, according to Democratic political expert Simon Rosenberg. The polls they're pulling in to generate those averages are leaning more Republican, lending the averages to be more skewed, more conservative. He says there's a ferocious campaign, GOP campaign right now, to flood the zone with their polls, game the averages, declare the election is tipping to them, tweeted Rosenberg on Sunday. No question they could win, but early vote and polling this week do not confirm this trend, in spite of the fact that we keep hearing the media tell us this. He noted that the new CBS News poll out Sunday has Republicans winning 228 seats in the House. It is essentially a toss-up. Their caveat, of course, is that if we have a big youth turnout, which the new Harvard Institute of Politics poll predicts, Dems could win the midterms. You remember what I said. These polls tell us certain things, but uh, don't consider or factor in the possibility of unprecedented voter turnout and especially turnout from younger people. There's nobody in the millennial or the uh, Gen Z area that is going to be voting Republican. Certainly not enough to get too excited about. Now, on Sunday on MSNBC, a gentleman by the name of Terrence Woodbury, a founding partner partner of Hit Strategies, noted that frequently the understanding of a likely voter is someone who has voted in three or four of the last three or four elections. He explained that anyone who was activated by the 2016 election to start participating in 2018 and 2020 wouldn't fall under the category of a likely voter, even if they've been a solid voter in the past. So many of the voters that were participating this time will be surge voters. That's those post-2016, the anti-MAGA, anti-Trump that was activated after he was elected in 2016. Now, the registered voter outcome is already benefiting Democrats in the polls. So the new voters from 2018 and 2020 really could be tipping point to save Democrats if they get out to vote. Already, states have reported that voter registration is up among younger voters, particularly among women. 
In most places where studies have been performed, this is due to the Supreme Court's decision to bring down the privacy of women to get an abortion. This is what I what I've been telling you. As much as uh, you know, as much as as we keep hearing all these things. Oh, the Republicans may have it. They may have it in the media. There is nothing that tells me that's true. I'm not talking about polls right now because, again, it depends on how you take those polls. And this uh, this expert is suggesting the polls don't really tell us exactly what we want to know. We already know by way of Georgia and some other state that there's uh, a far bigger turnout than anybody expected. That benefits Democrats. We also understand that at least what we know now, there's been a far bigger turnout from younger voters. That benefits Democrats. But still, they want to suggest that the Republicans are going to pull it off in the House. In the two years since 2020, they have done zero to gain traction, zero to gain votes. Everything they've done probably cost them votes, including overturning Roe v. Wade. And I think that is the big one. There are people all over the country absolutely upset and devastated by this. This is already wreaking havoc on some of their constituents because of their choices and the choices of the states. This is really an important part of this. We're talking about taking constitutional rights away from people. There's going to be very few women that aren't upset about that, and very few men that aren't going to that are going to be upset about that too. It was kind of a mistake for them to do this because this is kind of a rallying point. And as much as you want to listen to the polls, I don't think they're accounting for how much damage they, that did to their voting block, if you will. Even those people that happen to be Republican or independent or whatever, or conservative Democrats, they are going to have problems with this. And they are going to vote to make it a nationwide situation where abortions are banned everywhere. Because we know they've said, and why they did, I don't know. They've said that's the plan. Lindsey Graham has said that's the plan. That's why I sometimes think that they're trying to tank this election. You don't, nobody with any common sense does the things, says the things they say in hopes of garnering votes. You want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, that doesn't just affect Democrats. You want to take away Social Security and Medicare. That doesn't just affect Democrats. There are many, many Republicans that enjoy those rights, whether it be abortion or whether it be Social Security or Medicare or any of this shit. That isn't a partisan thing. People of this country are surviving, you know, barely, but surviving with Social Security and Medicare. There are a lot of young people. See, that's the thing about the overturning Roe v. Wade. I, I get a kick out of it. We've got a bunch of old people that aren't going to be having kids deciding what people who 
could have kids should and shouldn't do. I don't think the young people are liking this very much. We don't need some fat old white man telling a millennial or telling a Gen Zer what they can and can't do in the future. These Gen Zers might be young enough that these fucks will be dead before they're ever in a position to need that right. I don't know if young people have been inflamed and incited to go after this, but if not this, I don't know what more you can do. If this hasn't stirred up the young people in this country, I don't know what you can do. And let's be honest, in this country, it's not out of the realm of possibility that people don't have enough foresight and they don't cry or scream or yell until they actually get stung in the ass. That's one of the problems with this country. As long as they weren't getting pinched in the ass, they weren't bitching, even though they could rationalize out the fact that this could ultimately impact them. Doesn't impact me now, so I don't care. I think enough has been made out of this, and the results of overturning Roe v. Wade have already hit people pretty hard. So they are getting stung in the ass. So, in my mind, and again, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, with all that's gone on, and because I don't trust the polls, I think we're going to wake up November 9th, and we are going to be surprised by the Republicans that are getting beat. The Republicans that that seem like they uh, were in it. And I'll give you a perfect example. Herschel Walker, they're telling us now Herschel Walker's going to win. No, he's not going to fucking win. I mean, Jesus Christ, how stupid do you think the people of Georgia are? And we already know that Georgia has this huge turnout for early voting and absentee voting. I mean, it's as big or bigger than it was in 2020. That's fucking crazy. This is a midterm. Nobody shows up for a midterm, but in Georgia, they're all showing up. The early voting is like a million point six. Maybe it's more than that. Probably more than that by now. It didn't happen in 2020. It was like 800,000, 900,000. So what do they tell you? When more people vote, it goes toward the Democrats. But that's not showing up in the polls. And that's my problem. And the media is constantly trolling this stuff out or trawling this stuff out for us to consume and for us to stress out about and be upset about. When this is all said and done, if I'm right and the Democrats win the House and the Senate and it goes better than anybody expected, we need to call out these media companies and point out how they're wrong and how they are a waste of time if you're going to give us wrong information. Now, that said, if it turns out I'm wrong, I will come on the podcast and say, I'm wrong. I misread it. I'm perfectly capable of being or failing. But that's not the point now. I accept it. I own it. Now what the fuck do we do? Now we know what the circumstances are. Now we now we have to figure out what we need to do. And that's how we got to envision this. There is no shame in being wrong. We're wrong every day. But too many people are afraid of being wrong. I just don't think I'm going to be wrong in this situation. 
All right. Here's an interesting story. The House Select Committee, they're looking at the insurrection, of course. Um, Apparently, they have obtained eight more emails from John Eastman's university server. Now, Eastman had previously claimed that those emails were covered under attorney-client privilege. But the exception to the rule, of course, is if there was a crime involved. If there was a crime involved, there is no privilege. Thus, the judge turned those emails over to the committee. The committee has been fighting in court for months to obtain the records, saying that there is possible evidence of a crime by former President Donald Trump. Now, the emails and the committee finally have access, they've accessed include four communications between Trump's attorneys that appear to indicate they knew details that they submitted to courts to challenge the election were false. That is a big no-no for lawyers. You lose your license over something like that. You could go to jail for something like that. And these emails suggest that's the case. Now, the information in the emails appears to be communication with Trump's attorneys that reveal they were all well aware that the submissions to courts over the elections were false. Four emails exposed the Trump attorneys for filing false statements in a court in an effort to stall the certification in Congress. And that comes from Judge David Carter. One of the emails describes concern the lawyers had about submitting a declaration signed by Trump himself in a lawsuit challenging the election, which said the election fraud allegations it presented to the court were true. The judge's previous opinion revealed, said CNN, the Trump signed statement was sent to court, even though the lawyers knew the allegations within weren't sound. According to the court's record, Eastman has appealed the decision to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Whenever you're going to indict somebody, especially a politician, did they do wrong? Yes, he clearly did wrong here. And for whatever reason, apparently when we deal with politicians, what was the intent? Did he not realize what he was doing? And certainly that would be the claim that Donald Trump or any of these fucks would make. But these emails say otherwise. They were very clear they knew what they were doing was wrong, yet they still did it. Uh, Now, in order to comply fully with the district court's production order, counsel for Dr. Eastman provided to the select committee a link to a Dropbox folder containing the remaining eight documents that were subject of the motion to stay that was at the time and still is pending before the Ninth Circuit, said uh, Eastman's appeal filed on Sunday. Now, Eastman requested that the documents not be accessed until the Ninth Circuit had a chance to rule on the motion for stay pending appeal. Now, the Ninth Circuit hasn't hasn't decided on that as yet, but the judge who does have it could clearly see this had something to do with a crime, and because it had something to do with a crime, it didn't fall under attorney-client privilege. So now what we have is Donald Trump and his lawyers and proof 
that they went after this. They had the intent and the knowledge, and they still did it. That is a problem. When you file with the courts, you're essentially under oath. When you lie to the court under oath, that's fucking jail time. And it discounts anything you're trying to do. So Eastman, Donald Trump, the other lawyers, they're in a world of fucking hurt right now because it's going to be impossible for them to explain that. Now, this next one, we got a little infighting in the Republican Party, and we've got a lot of infighting in the Republican Party. Another reason I think the midterms aren't going to go well for the Republicans, because the Republican Party is clearly split up. You have the the dumb Trumplefuck crowd, and then you have people who presume themselves to be normal and decent and reasonably minded. They aren't going to vote the same way which for all intents and purposes splits up the Republican Party, which makes the Republican Party weaker. And if they're weaker, how do they win in the midterms? I don't get that. Anyway, when Election Day comes in Florida, Donald Trump, of course, will vote for Republicans whose political demise he may soon find himself plotting Now, months after Trump told the Wall Street Journal he would support Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his bid for re-election, the former president and his home state governor appear increasingly likely to collide in the 2024 presidential primary. While neither has formally announced a presidential campaign, both have taken steps in the closing days of the 2022 cycle to cement themselves as team players and kingmakers locking horns in those pursuits. This is what Ron DeSantis says. We have a rift with Trump. Big shocker. It's no secret that things are cool between Trump and DeSantis right now. They're not punching each other, but we're not helping them, and they're not helping us. Donald Trump doesn't like the attention taken away from him. Donald Trump doesn't like anybody who will run against him, and Ron DeSantis seems to be set to do that. Now, much like Donald Trump, I question whether Ron DeSantis will run for the presidency or he will even be able to. Ron has some other legal issues that he's going to have to tend to, and they probably won't do well between now and 2024. Even if he wants to run, I have a feeling the Republicans, if the midterms go badly, will want to separate themselves as quickly as they can from Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis is just a mini Donald Trump. They're going to want to get away from that whole messaging because it didn't do well for them in the midterms. Now, apparently this rivalry has mostly existed behind the scenes, but uh, burst into public view this week after DeSantis recorded a robocall endorsing Republican businessman Joe O'Day, an underdog in the Colorado State uh, Senate race who vowed earlier this month to actively campaign against Trump if he mounts a third presidential bid while the Florida governor has supported other Republican midterm candidates, none of them have been explicitly critical of Trump as O'Day. So clearly Donald Trump's not going to like this O'Day fella, 
But uh, Ron DeSantis is all about supporting him. Now, the move didn't go unnoticed by the former president, who has spent months griping to aides about DeSantis and amplifying claims that he would handily beat the governor in a Republican primary. A little presumptuous, aren't you, Donnie? Donald Trump said or wrote a big mistake in capital letters and one exclamation point. Three days later, Trump announced plans for a rally in South Florida with the state's senior Senator Marco Rubio. DeSantis was not invited. It's like a bunch of middle school girls fighting over who's most popular. The first signs of a strain in Trump's relationship with DeSantis began last fall amid the Florida Republicans' soaring popularity and thinly veiled criticism of Trump's COVID-19 policies as president. Now, they've been very careful about really going at each other directly. But you know they hate each other at this point. It's never about ideology with these fucking clowns. It's not at all about ideology. It's about their own fucking egos. Who's got the bigger dick? Well, I'm thinking in both cases and with these two men, uh, that might be a close race, but there's going to be no records broken. (laughs) Anyhow. I honestly don't think Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis will be candidates for the presidency in 2024. I mean, it's more likely that Ron DeSantis might, but he's got some legal problems, too. He's got some real legal problems, and he may not even win the governorship. He, he should, you know, based on being an incumbent and all that. But um, he could lose that. Charlie Chris could beat him. Now, the polls say, fuck the polls. Let's see what really happens on November 8th. I wanted to bring something else up about Ron DeSantis, too. You know, when we look at these celebrities basically shooting themselves in a foot by siding with the Republicans and the trump and all that stuff, I got a big surprise because a couple of days ago, apparently there was a concert in Florida, Luke Bryan. He's a country artist, and he's on um, American Idol, and everybody likes him. He seems like a nice guy. We like Luke Bryan. And and so he's down giving a concert. It might even be uh, a benefit. I'm not sure of that, but I think it might be. Anyway, Luke Bryan, who's on American Idol and uh, seems to be a nice guy, goes on stage and, and and says, let's bring up the, the best guy in Florida, Ron DeSantis. And he brings Ron DeSantis on stage. How could Luke Bryan and his handlers not understand that this is pure suicide? Now, as much as you may want those, those base people to love you, you got about 70% of this country that will hate you. Try to sell a record now, motherfucker. Those idiots don't even have abilities to download or the money to buy it. But you've sided with them. How stupid can you be? I mean, you've created this great image on American Idol. 
and in your music. And then you shoot yourself in the foot by bringing up Ron DeSantis. Why would you even fucking do that? This is akin, remember back a few years, and I was embarrassed by this. Remember, there was a um, reunion of the 1980 Olympic hockey team, probably in 2020. And they were in Lake Placid, which is a beautiful place. I've talked about that before. And they were there. Now they're older men. And, and uh, they were there taking pictures and stuff. And then in one picture, they were all wearing MAGA hats. All of them were wearing MAGA hats, smirking like fucking the Cheshire cat. Now, here's the crazy thing. I know some of those guys. I, I mean, I don't talk to them on a regular basis. I don't talk to them at all. But I knew them when I was young. Now, back in those days, uh, they were barely, uh, barely a, some of them, well, there's some very smart ones in, in, in that group, very sharp people that went on to be very successful. And not everybody wore the MAGA hats, but the vast majority of the 1980 Olympic team did wear the MAGA hat, and they got kicked back. Mike Arruzzioni, the captain of the team, he was out apologizing and saying he was sorry and all this stuff. Because the majority of people are going to hate you for it. Now, when they did this, a lot of what we know now wasn't known then. But even still, we knew of Donald Trump and we knew what kind of piece of shit he was. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, think about this. We've got the 1980 Olympic hockey team that won the gold medal. Probably some of the greatest sports heroes in our history. And I'm fortunate to know some of these guys. But they're in New York, a liberal fucking state. And somebody says, yeah, let's put on the mega hats. Oh, that'll be fun. Stupidest motherfucking thing. Anybody who was handling the PR for that should have been fucking fired on the spot. And the same goes for Luke Bryan. You know what? If you like Ron DeSantis, if you're a Trump humper, but you're a, a, a celebrity, shut your fucking mouth. Why would you do that? Just fucking ignorant. Anyhow, we'll move on. Um, Elon Musk, of course, took over Twitter. And I'm not on Twitter much. I don't really care for Twitter. I, it's just never something I really got involved in. <clears throat> but I'm hearing from a lot of people that it's turning into a uh, 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 conspiracy theory, violence-laden fucking platform, which means it'll probably drop off the table and Elon Musk will ruin something that has been very successful. Did you hear, too, that Jack Dorsey, the man who invented Twitter, is now working on something, another platform, which should be interesting because it sounds like the things he's doing is far advanced, things we haven't seen before. It'll probably kick the shit out of Twitter. Elon Musk is not making good choices on this. And people are leaving by the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, every day. Now, what Elon Musk did, this doesn't help the matter much. Elon Musk on Sunday gave credence to a fringe conspiracy theory about the violent attack on Paul Pelosi. The new Twitter owner tweeted a link 
to an article full of baseless claims about Pelosi. The article was posted on a website that purported to be a news outlet, which we know is not true. Now, Musk, who has 112 million followers on the platform he now owns, posted the baseless story about Pelosi in response to a tweet from Hillary Clinton at 8.15 a.m. He later deleted the tweet around 2 p.m., but not before racking up more than 28,000 retweets and 100,000 likes. Linking to a Los Angeles Times story about Pelosi's alleged attacker, Clinton wrote the Republican Party and its mouthpieces now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. It is shocking, but not surprising, that violence is the result. As citizens, we must hold them accountable for their words and their actions that follow. In response, Musk linked to a baseless story and wrote, There is a teeny possibility there might be more to the story than meets the eye. I keep hearing people telling me that Elon Musk is smart. Why does he keep doing stupid shit? Just like Luke Bryan, you got a platform. You want people to come to it. Maybe 30% of the people believe in those conspiracy theories, but 70% don't. How do you think they're going to feel when you fucking tweet something like this? You're the smart guy. You're the rich guy. You own the fucking platform. What is the future of that platform? I don't see it doing very well. I have never really been tied to that at all. And uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go to Twitter. And I'm not going to tell anybody to leave Twitter. If you like it, you spend some time building up a platform. um, That's fine. But I'm not going to wade into it. I I sometimes post uh, uh, something about the podcast in there. I I think I'm going to quit doing that too. Because I'm. uh, why would I want to reward Elon Musk for being an asshole or a dickhead or a conspiracy theorist or somebody who is working against this country. In my mind, that's what he's doing. That's what he's going to do. And this fucking Twitter platform will end up like Parler or something where it's just fucking memes from Trump So Twitter may end up being the next truth social and good riddance if That's ultimately what happens. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.